If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today on Horse Chats, we've got Alex Brown. Now, Alex has been here before. Remember, Alex received the Amada dish, which was presented by Queen Elizabeth for competing at Badminton CCR Four Star. Now, CCI Four Star, which is now Five Star, and she did that on five consecutive years on the same horse. So that's a feat not done by too many. Alex has been back again and talked to us about improving across country riding. And today we're going to be talking about jumping performance. So these principles, I'm sure, will apply to both show jumping and cross country. So if you only want to do show jumping, that's fine. But Alex has got such a strong dressage flat work background. You know, I'm sure that if you're riding dressage or you're riding trail riding, a lot of the information she's going to give you will be quite relevant to what you do. Now, before we even start that, I'd just like to remind you about the vision of International Horse College. And if you've got the same vision, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at the website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, Alex, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Glennis. How are you? I'm well, Alex. We're talking about some principles, which of course are dear to my heart, so I'm really interested to talk to you. We're talking about improving jumping performance, and I know you're going to talk about getting the basics right. So, And we talk about getting the basics right for dressage and really for all sorts of riding, okay? But when we're getting the basics right for jumping performance, are we talking about dressage or flat work, or are we talking about jumping? What's important about getting the basics right for jumping to improve our jumping performance? Yeah. And that's a great question, and that's why you know, I think number one point is you know, get the basics right. And, and people do tend to sort of compartmentalise sort of either I'm jumping or I'm doing flat work, doing massage, doing poles, whatever, and don't really think of all all these things as you know interlinked as they should be. Um, and when you say to get the basics right, it does. And I'm sorry, because out there it does mean yes, massage. Um, but not dressage as in, you know, you've got to be flying around doing well for dressage. It's your basic flat work, basic correct way for your horse to go. You know, just because you're jumping doesn't mean you can kind of forget about having softness and having bend and, you know, having a horse up front of the leg and nice contact. It's the same if you're working on dressage, if you're working on um, jumping, or even if, you know, you're going... For trail or you know, you want the horse to be, you know, responsive and going properly. Um, you know, sometimes if you come to me problems for jumping and um, you know, the horse is stopping or running out or rushing fences, and it's not so much to the actual jump. You know, the look at the picture and it's the fact that the horse isn't even straight. You know, the shoulders are not open to the leg. He's got an awful canter. Um, and I think that's that's sort of the biggest mistake. People ignore having those very fundamental basics way of going established. Um, when you're jumping, you get away with it to some degree. The 
for, for a while at the lower levels, but you know, then as the jump get bigger and, and you progress up the ranks, um, the wheels start to the wheels start to fall off, um, and you know it's sort of, it applies to you know within jumping again, same jumping across country. It's it's all about that the horse doing it going the correct way. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had the clients that have come to me. Um, and her horse used to really head up on one side on the rain. It was terrible in his mouth. Couldn't turn with stiff, was falling in. And every time she went for some jumping lessons, people would be sort of joking, well, you really need to fix that, doing nothing about it, and just going, okay, now look at jumping. What is it? It's like, no, you know, how can you, how can you turn properly? How can you have him so you can, you know, change your stride, change your sense? If you've not addressed that problem, Um, so you know you you can't ignore, you know, the issues which are going on sort of in Collins in dressage or flat work. That is part of the thing, and and you need to you need to fix that as part of the jumping process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had a lot, you know, a lot with a lot of my clients. You know, will come think, you know, going for jumping lesson. We'll send. A lot of the lesson and working on the issues on the flat, and then when you actually get to jump, the jumping is, you know, the issue has gone away or it's significantly because of the way the horse is coming in the fence or the way the horse is, you know, responding to it. And so, um, yes, it is very much get the basics right and the basics, you know, in work yeah. about everything. Can you just actually jumping your cross country and it's all so integrated and I don't think especially nowadays things get more technical you can just you know ignore things and go do this something that it's all interrelated yeah because we start to talk about rhythm and balance and things like transitions engagement just improving the canter riding the corners we sort of think about well we've got to improve that for dressage but you're saying it's pretty important for the jumping as well Oh, totally, and that's you know again that's sort of my the next point is you know if the horse is is not working properly, how can you have a flowing rhythm and a balance? Um, you know, if you watch any of the best riders, whether they're show jumping or the cross country, they all you'll watch them have beautiful rhythm, they're so balanced, they beautiful big panthers. You know, even when, if they're galloping cross country, they don't look like they're fighting and pulling and. Um, stop starting. It just everything just looks balanced and flowing and together, um, you know. And that's I think the key to a good jumping round is getting in that beautiful balance, getting in that beautiful rhythm, you know. And so often you see, um, you know, people cook, check around the corner, and they're looking for stride, and then it's pulling back, shooting forward, throwing everything at the fence, and it, you know, it makes everything harder for. It's about the horse and the rider. So, you know, by working on the flat and developing, you know, a good pet or a good trot or whatever, you know, you can then, uh, as you can ride through corners, you know, the horse is off your inside leg, the outside rein, you know, got that great rhythm. You arrive at the fence straight, mm-hmm. you know, you're engaged and soft. And then, Fans comes to you, you've got a better chance of actually getting a good stride and you've got that adjustability as well if you need to. But but then even if you, you know, get it wrong, the horse still has enough power and pulse to actually get itself out of trouble 
okay. rather than being a complete disastrous jump. Um, you know, I forget, I forget that rhythm and balance, going back to, to know what it's all about, you know, working on the flag, doing the basic lots of transitions, um, you know, improving the impulsion and engagement and making sure the horse is up, you know, in front of us into the contact, the basics again. So it's, um, yeah, very interrelated. <laughs> okay, so if we talk about the before and after the fence, you know, in between the fence, is that more important yeah. than over the fence or more important that, you know, what's more important, between the fences or over the fence? Well, I mean, obviously the jump is important. You've got to get over it. But, um, yeah, people tend to really focus on it's all the jump. And, um, you know, nine times out of ten, if you actually look at what's happened, you know, six or seven or eight strides before or the corner before you can actually predict what's going to happen at that fence. You know, when you watch watch someone and something's happened, the horse drops off the leg and it's they've lost the shot, they're drifting out. They're nowhere near the fence, but you know when they get to the fence, it's all going to go wrong. So you know, you correct but you get a good approach. You have the horse again in rhythm, and you have a good quality camp or trot. You know, however you can use the fence, and then. You know, pretty much the fence will take care of itself. You know, because you've got the horse there, best position with it, and then he's just he's just to do his job. Um, yeah, so so really, want us to focus more on the the rhythm and the canter coming to the fence, um, rather than really overthinking. You know, getting a good stride, and and the, you know, the fence will come to you. And even if it's not a great stride, you know, because You've got a good approach and got that um, good good rhythm and balance, and the horse the horse can still deal with it. So um, yeah, okay. just then focus on before and the after, and the whole process comes comes a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about pole work, Alex? How important is that? You know, if we're going to build on that, what would you like to say about pole work? Say if we've got the basics right, you know, we've sort of talked about the basics, rhythm and balance, getting it before and after, and we start to introduce a bit of pole work. How can we do that? Because we're thinking about improving our jumping performance. Yeah, well, I, I love holes, um, and holes are a perfect way to, to work on all, all of these points, you know, that we talked about. Um, I mean, I could read a hole separate interview on the on the benefits of all for any discipline, but I'll I'll try and keep it brief. Um yeah, so that's great for um you know improving some jumping and the flat work issues. They're great for helping with engagement, suppleness, straightness, um, letting the horse be aware of what they need to do. Um I actually do quite a few pole clinic non jumpers who, you know, or dressage riders, or, or you know, generally just people who want to get improve the way the horse is going, the suppleness and the engagement, and, and have a bit of fun for the horse's mind. But all those issues that you know that they work on are what you need to improve your jumping. Um, and then also using the pond, you can resort on sort of jumping in inverted commas, you know, without having to over jump. Um, also, you know, poles are really great for, for get, helping the right get their iron. Um, you know, and there's a 
thousand different exercises and setups working on all sorts of different things on adjustability of stride, on that rhythm, on that balance, on getting by. But, you know, even, you know, just for a few, you know, if you're going to keep it simple, just, you know, a few pull in a circle and even the trot or the camps and getting that rhythm, getting that equal, even balance so you know how many strides between every pole and you every time and or you can then adjust it and go, well I'll add a stride here, take a stride out, but you know, you're keeping the strides the same, they're regular, they're even and it's all very smooth and you make sure you hit you know, hit the pole spot sort of mm-hmm. every time. Um and yeah, and sort of great for um yeah, as I say, you can um you know, your bending lines, making sure you're not losing that shoulder, you your leg or listening to your to your inside leg, your outside leg. Um, have you got them on the outside lane? So often, you know, your horses just drift either fall in round corners or drift out and you lose their outside shoulder. So you, you know, put balls on on the curve around the circle and ride through the through the circle and, and you can actually see what is happening and you realise, Oh my god, my horse really hangs on to me and falls in on this rein and then on the other rein he completely falls out and I can't get him around and so that's a great you know really really good experience for that Um, you know I can't begin to to add up the number of hours I've I've spent just cantering round and round over poles or trotting round and round over poles and you know there's many things you know I will say to the clients there's nothing to poles I reckon um, I do get to get quite obsessed with you know, and there's a thousand mm-hmm. different exercises. I, I was going to say uh, it's probably a good idea for you to come back and talk to us about the different exercises we can do on pole work. Yes, yeah, like I say, yeah. there's so many things you can cure, so many different things. Yeah. Um, but you also need to, and that's kind of what I say, so sort of keep it quite simple. It's quite hard, you know, and then you can start raising poles, which really gets the horse work. So yeah, there's a lot you can do. Mm-hmm. But you do kind of need to either keep it simple or have someone sort of to help you otherwise, you know, either you either get it wrong or you have to just keep getting on the <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Of course. Of course. But but yeah, they are they are an excellent tool and you know, the simpler even the really throw a pole down in the arena. Mm-hmm. Or a couple of poles down in your arena, just integrate them into into your flat work. Um, well, yeah. What about if we move on to the grids and gymnastic exercises? You know, we're still thinking about improving jumping performance. Yeah, it's not just all about going around the courses, is it? You know, tell no. us a little bit about how the grids and the gymnastic exercises can help us improve. Yeah, and that's you know, like the poles, grids are great for. You know, you can use them to address so many different things, you know. Even, you know, when you're starting off on the basics, when you're teaching the young horse, you know, you use the grids to, they can work out actually where their feet are, you know, how they need to sort out what they're doing, how they need to adjust, you know, distances and combinations. Um, using the grids to do this, the rider can, it's great for the rider because you can just get your horse there nice and balanced, nice and straight, and then leave him alone and let the grids um, do, their, do their work. And then it's up to the horse. The horse has to jump through. The horse has to think. The horse has to work out what do I need to do? How do I need to, do I need to lengthen? Do I need to shorten? How do I pick my feet up? Um, you know, and, and think that's 
um, that's important when you're using grids, do if the grid set up properly, the grid horse do the work. So a horse, don't try and go. Oh, I can feel the horse is going to do this. I'll try and help. It's like no the horse has got to you know make make the mistakes and then learn from them himself. So that then he can you know, when you're out on your course and you screw up or you mess. Sorry, um, the horse can get out of trouble. So, and then also they can be, you know, particularly if you've got particular issues. You know, you want to improve the horse's shape. You want to stop them rushing or um, you know, they're drifting, whatever. Again, all sorts of different setups um, that can help mm-hmm. um, help you work on them. Um, and I also sort of a point I I really like trotting into grids. A lot of people, you know, once they once they get started, they're like, oh, I don't need to go back to trotting. You know, that's, that's for the baby horses. But I think. It, Trotting is, is just so good for horses because it gets them to actually learn how to sort things out while having the time to think about it. So they really get that confidence that they know what they're doing and they, they especially where they know where their legs are, know how they have to pick them up, they know how they have to, to get out of trouble and work it out. You know, and they're not just, you know, if you're not using grids and trotting and, and letting them think and work it out, they'll start, it's a little bit co- um, I'm sure we just use speed to get over the jump, you know, and just throw everything over and, you know, hope for the best rather than actually looking down, working out just, and just popping over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but again, um, just, sort of, you know, a cautionary tale, sort of as with the poles, you know, when you're using grids, you do need, um, you do need someone on the ground um, because obviously um, one side doesn't fit all with horses, poles or grids okay. um, and what works for one horse won't necessarily be the same for another um, so you kind of need someone with that experience to be able to just tweak the distances move the poles around or look at the exercise you're doing and go no that's that's not helping at all we need to do it this way or do it that way mm-hmm. and you know, every, um, you know you can set up a grid and every horse goes through it a different way so you need to kind of think well what, how do I need to change it to help that particular horse, what what he's doing, and you know, and again, you know, it could be with the same horse two different days, you know, <laughs> that's what I mean. But it's going to be the same. It might might be doing something different the next day. So again, you, you kind of do the amazing tools, you use grids, you use poles, but you know, you'll probably you'll get the most benefit if there's someone there to help you tweak it and really get really get the value out of of fixing the problems stop i need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification that is that the latest version of the book 101 careers in the horse industry is now available and the best news is that it's a free download so if you work in the horse industry if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book imagine maybe one day you could be a guest on horse chats what about um going on from there if we're 
riding, you know, multiple fences, courses, what sort of things can we do? You know, if we're lucky enough to have those jumps we can ride over or go out and even, you know, try a couple of cross-country fences and string a few together, what's the main things we should be looking at there? Yeah, and you you want to sort of, um, again, I think it's really important, especially if you, if you do want to start sort of going out and courses, you just jump in on fence, you know, you can keep jumping saying, I'm amazing, I can jumping higher and higher and higher, but it's only when you actually put, put sort of multiple fences um, or specific lines together that you suddenly realise how quickly things come up. <laughs> you yeah. know, when you're riding, riding a course, you don't have half an arena to get yourself back organised, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the, you know, the approach to landing and the getting in balance. You've got to be landing, getting yourself back organised, getting back horse back in front of the leg, up into the contact, you need to get with them back up. So, um, and also, and it gets you, you know, you need to be focusing not just on one fence as well, you know, as soon as, as soon as you're in the air with the fence, your focus as a rider needs to be, where am I going next? What am I doing? What's happening? I'm landing. What do I need to change? Where's the next fence? Where's my line? How do I ride through the corner? So, um, again, it's, and that's just, you have to practice that because it does come up super quick um, and you can just do that you know even if you don't have a lot of fences you know you can just do some then lines or do some related distances and just really work on that quick reaction from yourself and your horse you're getting the balance back doing smooth turns you're not using the shoulder on the turns or you're not cleaning the counter you're riding through and keeping that rhythm going uh, you know the shorten the length etc um and yeah, if you can put little courses up again, re- really beneficial. You know, take every opportunity you can to sort of ride little courses and train over little courses. Even you know, as you say, even if you just go to a friend's house and um, and put some fences up, it's the fact that you're not at home in your arena. You're you're actually jumping over fences. You know, and that sort of helps you again with your focus and riding a course and reacting sooner and, and looking up and seeing where you're going. But also, um, you know, it'll also highlight the, what you need to work on away from your arena. You know, if you go somewhere different and what's the horse distracted by, does he get tense, you know, have you lost your um, sort of competition mojo, you know, getting a bit rusty, sort of get back into things, get your eye back in. So um, I think, yes, when you're thinking of going out competing, before you actually get to the competition, make sure you're doing lots of little courses. Make sure you're going to training days or um, other people's places and just having a play around with um, sort of multiple fences so that you don't get get into the ring and it just, wow, it all comes up fast and too much going on and um, it doesn't sort of go how you expected it to. Mm-hmm. Just thinking, you know, like we're practicing the fencing. It's great, you know, we can use the same fences again and again. We get to a competition and there was one a bit spooky. And the horse goes, oh, I've seen lots of fences, but I haven't seen that one. It could have different fillers or water or, you know, be bright. Then how can we get the horse used to the spooky fences? Because once they've gone over it a couple of times, it's not spooky anymore. It's not spooky, yeah. And the problem is you can't. You don't know what's going to be at the event, so you can't say, "Well, I've got, to, yeah, I've got to have ten thousand different colours and <laughs> different spooky fences." So, um, well, so number one, it, it kind of goes back to everything we've talked about. If you get 
the basics of your approach, so you're, you know, how you're approaching the fence is correct. You've got a better chance of getting in. knows how to stay in the rhythm, stay in front of the leg. The contact, you can see it if you drop behind your leg as you catch sight of the, the big bright fillers. You're onto it straight away, back up there, he's responding, he's listening, you get in trouble, he doesn't run through the hand. So working, again, working on, on those basics will give you a lot better chance of, you know, he might still be a bit spooky and you have to be quite firm, but he will still be approaching the fence as you want him because of the, the sort of groundwork you've done. But then obviously, you know, you just need to try and sort of let it, you know, practice as well. So, you know, anything that you've got, fillers or light fences at home, make sure you're, you're getting the opportunity to jump them. Start really slow and small. Um, I would always, always trot the horse into it the first time. You know, when you're at home training or out training, use your trot so that horse, the horse, same like if you're doing cross-country and you're jumping a ditch or um, into water the first time, you'd use the trot so the horse can actually look, has the time to look and go, cracky. That's okay. No, you're you're telling me it's fine. So that's good. So you want them to be able to look, work it out, but then you just aim to you keep them straight, you keep them in front of the leggings of the contact. They know you're there supporting it, supporting them. Um, you're not using speed just like I'm just galloping over and, and hope that works and it doesn't notice it. It's let them see it, let them look, let them realise they can work it out, they can jump it. They jump it a couple of times and go, Oh well, I don't don't know what the problem was. That was that's pretty pretty okay. So then the next time you come to a spooky fence, um, he can remember back that oh that other spooky fence I didn't like. Well, it was actually fine, and she's riding me confidently in the same way, and, and I can look at it. I can see it's not a big deal, and and hopefully, um, should be fine. You know, and a, a lot of time, a lot of the time, the um, you know, the big scary fences tend to be more. Ride if you've done your homework, tend to be more ride frighteners than, than horse frighteners. Um, so as long you know, if you can, everything that we've been talking about, the horse is coming in the correct way and is responsive to you, um, and you're riding forward and straight and confidently, then the whole, all the horse will see will see the top top and go, yep, jump, I jump over it. Okay. Um, so yeah. How, how um you know because we're talking about the horse and giving the, and I know that you started off with the basics and through all of these you know you've sort of gone back to the basics all the time so showing how important that is but what about your position you know what can you say about your position and how important that is to help improve our jumping performance yeah exactly uh, and you're, you're exactly right. it's not it's not just a horse you know you're, you're in this is a partnership that you're you're working together on so um your sort of balance and position you know obviously has a huge influence on on the jump um you know, you, you need to for jumping. You re- need to really learn. Need to, sorry, excuse me. You need to really work on that strong, strong leg position, which not only helps you know maintain the momentum and the horse going forward, but it's it's your strength and gives you the balance, uh, so you can keep that nice quality of canter. But you're actually balanced and working with the horse. You're not using your your hands for balance or, or body moving around for balance. You're centered and you're, and you're Nice and soft and together, um, and supporting the horse, not not hindering it or distracting it as it's sort of coming into the fence. Because you, know, you know you need to look at things like um, you know if you're going to jump, if you're going forward too soon, and 
during the contact, then that's putting all your weight to fall onto the horse's shoulders. So and putting the horse down on his forehand, so then it's really hard work for the horse to you know sit up and snap at the front. Um, and the horse thinks, oh my god, you've dumped everything onto me and dropped the contact and do it all to me. Great, I won't bother them. You know, or alternatively, or giving enough or hanging onto the contact, the horse then can't you know stretch his head and neck forward and. Um, so you get that awkward hollow cat jump with the head curled back or, you know, if you're sitting a bit defensively on his back, flattens through his back and that's when you start, you know, pulling the poles behind legs. So, um, yeah, your position can greatly influence the horse that, you know, because if you think, you know, it's all about your weight, so where you put your weight, your weight's all being put forward on the forehand or it's all back, you know, against the horse. So if they're trying to jump a big fence and it's, you know, it makes the job a lot harder for them. Um, if they could all try, but eventually they'll be like, you know what, it's a little bit hard. So, um, yeah, and again, again, to sort of to to help improve your position, um, we talked about the grids. Grids again are a great tool to to help. They help the horse because you can leave the horse alone. And the grids just help them work through it. Same, you know, same with you. You get a nice nice easy grid set up for the horse the horse can just go and you can stop thinking about the fence almost leave alone and just work on and concentrate on on your position and your balance and and your hand and what you're doing um and again keeping it really small keeping it really simple but just really just playing around and and just and again keeping that balance so that you feel that the two of you are very much together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in a partnership so if we're talking about, you know, improving performance, and, and this has been really good because you've sort of started with the basics and gone right through and done lots of exercises but and talked about position, but say we're at a competition and we need to go out and walk the course, what can we do to walk the course that's going to help our performance? Yeah, that's sort of, you know, you've done all your homework, you sort of, you put on all this effort in at home and, you know, everything's going well. You know, don't get to the competition and let yourself down by making really silly mistakes on the course. Um, and that's not just about, you know, people kind of walk the course and go, oh, yeah, the course, yeah, I want to exercise it, 789. It's not just about, you know, the way to go um, or the way you're going. It's, it's um, you really need to think about the lines you're going to take, you know, Related distances, you know, how does that actually relate to your horse? You know, it's fine sort of walking a, a nice bending line of um, that you think is going to be four strides, but does your horse drift out when it goes to the left? So, you know, you've got to really be conscious of that. Or is your horse got a really short stride? And like, well, that actually walks along. That's a big horse. Maybe I, you know, I need to be moving forward a bit more. You know, you've got to know sort of if you've got to, your horse could be stride or small stride and relate that to, to, to the course. Um, and also to the, the different fences. You know, if you've got a big, big two-stride double and it's um, walks quite tight, if it's a big oxygen in, then you really have to sit up and keep, you know, keep the forehand up. So otherwise they'll rush through the and probably crush through the second part. It's, you know, long and a big fence coming out and not so big 
coming in, you've got to really ride a bit more strongly coming in to, you know, make the second part. And again, if, you know, you've got to know your horse and how that how that applies to to yours. Um, and um, yeah, and you also kind of think about again, ride your corner. You're doing all this work on getting a nice rhythm, getting a nice balance, riding into the corners, so you're riding through the corners. So, you know, really walk, you know, don't just skip from fence three and just cut across to fence four. Really walk, walk the route you're going to do so you know I'm going to go deep into the corner. I'm going to have him tight on my outside brain, he's bending my inside leg, and we're, you know, really motoring through the corner because it's a big oxer coming off a couple of strides, you know, going back down into the egg. And so it's sort of really paying attention and also, on that as well, so paying attention to what's going on around, you know, the sideline distractions. <laughs> um, you know, the scariest fence, of course, is directly going away from the entry to the ring, and all these, all your horses, horsey friends are stood at the entry, and obviously you've got to think about how you ride past that. You know, if there's a, if you're at a big egg show and there's a big fairground, it's all going on in the corner. You, yes, you know, yes, be really yes. sort of conscious of of what is around the ring, what's likely to affect them. Um, yeah, and don't sort of, you know, done all the hard work, so don't, um, you know, make silly silly mistakes just from not being very conscientious and, and planning what planning what you're doing and, and knowing your horse. It's, it's funny, I always laugh. I've got, um, I've got a 10-year-old daughter, you know, we go to the little... Pony Club gym cars, and you see all the kids striding out and striding out their fences and their um, distances, and, and it's so cute. And they kind of, there'll be a double, and it'll be eight massive strides. Uh, <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, yes, eight strides and a double. That's a one stride. <laughs> well, my horse will put one stride. And then you kind of go, oh, you're jumping 45 centimeters yes. across yes. holes. Um, you're on yes. a 12. 12 2 pony and trotting. Yep. There's no way in, in this world you're going to get one. You're going no. to be two at least, you know. Yep. Of, yep. So yep. Sort of being very, um, and again, obviously, young kids, but it, it still happens, you know. Uh, you know you've got to be, just because, you know, what technically should happen, you've got to you've got to relate it to your horse, and, you know, and you know all that through the work that you've done at home of, um, you know, you've got a very short striding horse, you've got a very long striding horse, or, you know, um, you've got a horse. Yeah, exactly. So it's just um, really just not not letting um, silly, you know, silly mistakes ruin or should be, you know, a great result and accumulation of your hard work, really. I'm just thinking because, you know, like jumping is a confident sport. We've got to have a confident rider, confident yep. horse. Before you go, if you've got something that we can focus on to make sure that we've got confidence for for ourselves for the horse you know just to because we want to improve improve our jumping performance but if we've lost confidence or our horse has lost confidence nothing's going to happen no matter how much flat work we do no matter how much preparation it's the whole you know the jumps start to get bigger what can we do then to um to be confident as we increase you know even 45 centimeters is pretty big for some people so yeah yeah what can we do to increase confidence yeah, and I think, and that again, and I, I think this is a, a massive point: is the confidence that you, um, you, you need to have. You need to have the confidence in the horse. The horse has to have the confidence in itself, and you know, as a as a combination, you need to be to be confident. So, 
you do your homework, everything we talked about earlier, you're getting the basics right, you're giving the most the best opportunity to be confident in jumping and, and you to to have faith in him. So the basics established and the horse can get you out of trouble. But then um if you go out and and you see it sort of so often that people just rush through things and they see that they're peers or whoever are jumping for classes higher and they just feel like, you know, they've got to rush through um, and just overface themselves. So really, and you see it all the time, people just move up through the levels way too quickly, mm-hmm. I think. I think you've yep. got to really get the basics right and consolidate, you know, don't be in too much of a hurry. Really consolidate your experience, you know, build, get, get out there, get that experience, do the smaller courses, do them perfectly so you know every time you're going out, it's perfect round. It's not, you know, you're not ooing and ahhing and go, oh my God, that was a lucky escape or God, the horse got me mm-hmm. out of trouble there. Um, yep. If that's happening too much, then you need to stop and you need to go back to the basics and readdress why is my round not looking pretty? What what is going wrong? You know, there's way too many near misses and, and messy moments. So, what do I need to change? Do I need to, you know, improve the quality of the counter? Do I need to get straight? Do I need to do gymnastic work? Do I need to? What do I need to do? Um, mm-hmm. You do that before the horse then goes. You know what? Way too many sticky moments. I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. So, don't be afraid if things are not going well, don't be afraid to drop back and build again. Find out what's going wrong and build on it. Because if you've done the, the, you've got the basic established, you've done the hard work, your fundamentals are built, it won't be too hard to drop back. You've got that baseline and you can move forward. Okay. So, and any hiccups you've come across, you know, building blocks are there, so you can just quickly fix it and you can move forward. But really, and I guess, that's a long way of answering your question, but yeah, I think don't just don't be in a hurry to rush through the, through the grades. Make sure you are consistently confident. You've got that experience. The horse has got the experience, and then move up. But keep checking in. Look at your rounds and go. Was that you know? Was that a good round, or was that a bit of a oh my goodness, heart in the mouth kind of round? And if it is, mm-hmm. go and get some help go and get some um get back to the basics, get your poles out, get your grids out and and yeah. revisit. And then it'll stop stop the wheels falling off too much. <laughs> You'll have a little hit up, little, you know, in the road, but you can fix it and move on and, and have have fun with your jumping again. Alex, I think you know, all your advice starting off straight away, you know, the first bit was let's get the basics right and you've gone right through you know, built on that. And then still gone to confidence, like, you know, say you're doing well, say you've gone through and you're, you're doing well, everything's going well, you know, still go back, keep thinking about your confidence. And um, she said, don't be afraid to, if you get too many sticky moments, to, to drop back a grade or just stay where you are and get it all sorted out. I think that's, that's just really good advice. And, you know, we talked about this improving your jumping performance, but these sorts of principles are very good for, I think, any competitors. You know, get mm. your basics right. Yeah. Continual, gradual improvement 
But if you get too many sticky moments, go back a grade, consolidate what you know. Don't just keep moving up through the grades. So I think for any any competitor, anyone that's doing any training horses, you know, that yeah. it's not like a house where you just do another brick, another brick, another brick. Yeah. Sometimes horses need to establish. So great advice, Alex. Exactly, and that's you know, and that yeah. is the thing. And I think a lot of people, you know, and it, it, it's a bit of a pride, bit of an ego thing. People once they've got got to level, they're like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, I'm doing. Yes. One one meter. Why do I drop down to to eighty or, yep. or ninety? That that'll just be embarrassing. What will people say? And it's like, who cares? Mm. You know, yeah. you, yep. you drop down and you you fix the problem. And it only might be one one event that you have to do that at. Mm. Get the, mm. get back on track. Get everything firing on all cylinders again, and then move forward again. Whereas if you keep playing away when it's not, you know, things are going wrong, then it's going to be a lot, you know, a lot bigger fallback that you can that you then got to build up, build up again. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, like, I mean, so a classic example: you, when you're venting, you know, you, you go and do your five star, you go jump on badminton, but then the next event you do, you don't when you know the sun comes out again, you don't go. Okay, now I'll do another five star. You yes. drop back and just yes. do a nice little advance. Going, look, badminton mm-hmm. was probably really hard. well, was. Um, but look, it's easy. You know, mm, mm. you know, the next thing it's easy, and the horse goes, "Oh God, yeah, I, I love, I love this. I forgot <laughs> how much I love this." And then you build, you know, then the next one you go back up again. Yeah, you don't yep. have to keep. You know, you can have little confidence boosts, I guess, and and it doesn't yep. have to. You don't have yep. to wait yep. to go wrong. Even when things are going well, you can go, "Well, you know, I'm feeling like the horse is working really hard. I'm feeling like they've had a really big learning curve. They're doing amazingly." But let's just give them like a nice, easy confidence boost and yes, drop, you know, drop down from one twenty-five to one twenty, and you know, and the horse suddenly goes, has a release of life. Um, mm. and yeah, that, yeah, and don't, I think that is a big block, especially you know, I think that is a big block that people tend to worry about. Well, what will people say? Last last week they saw me jumping this class, and and now I'm jumping that. What are they going to say? You know, hopefully, mm. people are. Busy working on their own stuff to, to worry about to worry about you, and if they're worrying about you, then it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Alex, if people would like to contact you, you know, to ask you for some advice, yep. or even just to say, can you talk about this in your mm-hmm. next chat? What's the best way for them to contact you? Um, probably the easiest way um, is to jump on um, my. I've just sort of set up a, a little website, um, new website. So, alexbrownequestion.com.au, um, and then that's just got all my contact details, got my my mobile and my email and, and Facebook page. So, um, easiest thing, just just drop me a, a line and you know, we can arrange your time and have a good chat. Yeah. And if you've missed those details, just go to horsechats.com. You can search for Alex or search for Brown. And um, you'll find her contact details at the bottom of each of her chat. And remember, she's done a couple, so this will be, uh, I think, your third chat, Alex. But we've also had a listener's yeah. choice. So the listener's choice are people who want to go back and listen again. And um, we've had a, you know, so it's sort of technically your fourth chat, but you've only done three. Right. You know, people, <laughs> when we when we go back over our old 
old chats, you know, if there's some that have been a bit of a standout where we've had more listens than usual, we put them back as a listener's choice. So I'm sure that, you know, if you've heard this before now, you'd want to go back and listen to Alex's previous chats as well. So, Alex, thank you for coming. Thank you for chatting. And um, we look forward to talking to you a lot more because I'm sure you could go into a lot more depth just with pole exercises or just with grid work exercises or, you know, what things can happen and I suppose potential problems and then the solutions and how, um, you know, how we can fix up those things. So um, looking forward to chatting with you again. Yes, definitely. My, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 